0: Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens, and we're so glad you're along with us today. We're going to cover your assets, KC. David is the president and wealth advisor at KC Financial Advisors, serving you throughout Kansas City with an office in Overland Park. You can find us online at Assets KC. Dot com. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about things that you should never assume in the financial world. And as you prepare for retirement, David, have you ever been a victim of assuming something in, in your life?
1: Oh, all the time. <laughs> you don't get to be my age, Walter. Without, in fact, it's kind of a funny story. First job I ever had, 1980, I got out of uh, school and went to work auditing banks for a local holding company here in Kansas City. And the guy who ran the audit department had a couple of us new people in a conference room and up with him. And he was talking about what you're going to do when you go out to audit these banks out in the field. They were scattered all across Missouri. And um, he wrote the word assume across the top of a big whiteboard and he wrote it in all caps except the letter U. And so he said, now, when you go out to these banks, you have these questionnaires you gotta fill out and you're just trying to figure out what their processes are to make sure that they're following process and procedure. And he said, don't assume anything when you ask these questions, make sure that you let them give you the answers. And then he, (laughs) he got it as highlighter again, and he underlined the first three letters of the word assume and the last two letters of the word assume. And he said, because when you assume sooner or later, you're going to make an ass out of you and me. And <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think I can say that on a podcast, can I? Uh,
0: we, there's no FCC in podcast land. So, <laughs> and, and based on the nature of our show, I feel like we have a pretty good adult listenership. So
1: Yeah, and that's really about as racy it, as we get right it's, there. It's
0: one of the more tame words out there. So I think you're safe.
1: Yeah. But it was, it was instantly <laughs> seared into my brain. And so, yeah, sure, I've uh, occasionally, even after that, Graphic illustration on the whiteboard in my early 20s. I've certainly been been guilty of assuming a a thing or two, but boy, oftentimes it ends up badly, so you try not to do it. That's right.
0: I uh, have a very similar memory, David. Um, I was in ninth grade biology, and I had made some assumptions about an experiment we were to do that we took (laughs) home, something about plant growth and we crushed up aspirin or something like that and put it into the soil and we're supposed to document our findings and you know draw a theory of how that plant grew differently than the other plant and that kind of thing and I just I was just not good at biology I was a good student but biology I don't know why I just never latched on to uh to that kind of branch of the sciences in any event, I made some assumptions in my paper, and I even think I probably used the word assume in the paper, and so the biology teacher called me up in front of the whole room. He was very notorious for calling people out, like <laughs> putting putting you in front of the room, and he had me do the same thing in, in ninth grade of all grades, right? Uh, pulled me up to the front whiteboard, wrote assume up on the board, and just like you detailed— um, asked me, do you know what happens when you assume? And you know, un- and he first asked me to explain my answers for the plant and that kind of thing. And I think I even then still used the word assume before he even went through the demonstration. And so that's when he wrote it up on the board and underlined uh, the the three sections of the word. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a pretty embarrassing day there in ninth grade. So I definitely that is. Like you said, seared into the brain, it has stuck with me all of these years. I sure didn't like it at the time. No. <laughs> uh, I was, was not a fan of that demonstration, but sucked it up and realized that, yeah, he's he's got a good point there. I should be careful when I assume things, so. It it sounds like maybe many of us out there have had a similar encounter with a teacher or a, uh, you know, somebody above us who has taught us that lesson before. So we're going to try and do the same thing on the Today Show, but in a less embarrassing way for our listeners, uh, David, because they don't have to be up in front of the whiteboard with us underlining that elements of that word. So instead, I've got a few scenarios where we often see people assuming things. and We're going to kind of disarm these things a little bit and see why these maybe aren't correct most of the time. And why we should stay away from assuming these different elements. We'll cover some different ground on the show today. First one has to do with spending. Uh, there's a lot of assumptions that happen around spending. In particular, people will say, "You know what? I, I assume I'll spend less when I retire." Why well, is that a good one to to break down and kind of dispel?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, important because it's not what I see in practice. I have a lot of retired clients who, in the first ten years or so of retirement, I mean, they want to do a lot of traveling. They've got active grandkids, they got, there's just a lot of stuff that they want to spend money on and they're young and they're, they feel young and they're free. And so those first 10 years can be as expensive as what you're doing or more expensive than what you were doing while you were working. Cause now you got all kinds of time on your hands. And then, you know, once you get into your eighties, mid eighties, you're likely have some healthcare costs that go up. So all of a sudden <laughs> it can be more expensive than when you were working. So there's a lot of things about retirement. It's easy to assume, uh, which obviously we don't wanna do, easy to assume that you're uh, that all of a sudden you're gonna take a much more laid back lifestyle. And that's really just not what happens to the folks I work with and the people I know just in my, in my regular life. I think it's really important to put forth, before you retire, maybe five years before you retire, Make sure you have not an assumption, but a projection of what you really think you might spend in retirement. Don't, I encourage clients, don't put down a bare bones list. Put out what you will make your, let's say first 10 years of retirement exciting and happy. And then let's see if you have assets to cover that. And let's pair back from there if we don't have enough assets. But put together the retirement plan with the retirement lifestyle you want, and try to make your assets and your cash flow fit that and scale back from there.
0: That's a great point. And that's the one that we see a lot of people assuming in retirement. Some of these assumptions used to be right. That may be the case for the next one we bring up. And then it goes to not being right. And then maybe it can come back to being right in the future. Um, but it's a, it's a good one that leads to some discussion and <laughs> that flip-flop nature of this one is exactly why we really can't assume it. We have to look at it in the current context. And that, David, is uh, getting to one of your favorite topics, taxes, and people assume that, you know, when I retire, my taxes are gonna be lower.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we, we just don't know, but we, do, we actually do know a couple things. If you've done pretty well for yourself, we know that most of your Social Security is gonna be taxable. Now, I, have, I still have people who say, wait a minute, they're gonna tax my Social Security payments that I receive? Yes, they are. If you're married, filing jointly, and you make more than 44 grand, then 85% of your Social Security will be taxable at whatever your highest marginal tax bracket is. Now, 85%, well, that's going to 100%. At some point in the next decade, 100% of your Social Security will be taxable. I'm convinced of that because we've got almost 30 trillion of debt and we're spending money in DC like it's growing on trees. So tax rates are very likely to go up. How far? Don't know. But what I do know is that if you go back to the early 1960s in America, all of our tax brackets were 50% higher than they are right now. So tax brackets can go up a lot. And we have recent historical precedent for that. And then, Walter, one other thought on that. Right now, the tax cuts that were passed during the Trump presidency. That reduced. So the two lowest brackets are 10% and 12%. But if Congress does nothing by the end of 2025, those automatically revert up to 15%. The next two current tax brackets are 22% and 24%, and if Congress does nothing, but by the end of 2025, those revert up to 25%. So if Congress does nothing to make those permanent, and frankly. Congress in my view is very unlikely to do something to make those permanent because Congress needs more tax revenue. Then our tax rates are going up in 2026 if Congress does nothing. So if they don't actually move to increase or significantly increase your tax bracket, your tax bracket is going up in 2026 just because they're going to revert to the old rates. Probably more than you know we could we have done in the past more podcasts just on that but that's a flavor for why i'm convinced that almost regardless of your income situation in retirement your tax rates are very likely to go up because they are as low right now as they have ever historically been and our national debt is bigger than it has ever been
0: It's uh, only going to get bigger. Uh, As we record this today, it sounds, David, like uh, even more spending plans have been announced um, by the Biden administration. And so it's several trillion more dollars that are now expected to be spent. And that's a lot of spending happening over and over. And who knows, maybe more stimulus payments on the way. Saw a headline about that. Didn't have a chance to read the article yet, but (laughs) was talking about yet another Round of stimulus payments as well might come come through. Yeah. So,
1: and we're talking about spending, you know, two, three, four, five trillion on infrastructure, which you know yeah. that'll be that'll be cool, and we need better roads and and bridges and airports. But that's all money that our government, that we, the taxpayer, have borrowed, and you know that only gets paid back when you pay it back. Right. And so, anyway, pay me, pay uh, me now uh, or uh, pay me later, right? <laughs> yes, but eventually. <laughs> the uh, the lender will be paid.
0: That's right. So that's uh, one why we have to be very careful about assuming anything when it comes to taxes, that's for sure. All right, David, another one here for you. Uh, I assume I need to help my kids get through college before I worry about saving for retirement.
1: Yeah, I think that's a... a so in, in the conversations I've had with clients, I think that's a trap that you can convince yourself of. But Remember, there's there are some pretty good financial aid. If you're truly in that spot, there's some pretty good financial aid programs to get your kids through college. There are no financial aid plans available that I know of that will get you through you through retirement, uh, except Social Security, and, and you already know what that's going to be. So I think it's super important whether you're you know you're listening to this, you're in your 30s, and you don't you, you, kids aren't even you're not dreaming about them going to college yet or whether you're 45 and right in the middle of it. Preparing your own financial nest, so to speak, feathering your own nest for retirement is super important because taking care of you in retirement, that's gonna be you. And so if your kids come out of college with some student debt, or they have to work their way through college, okay, that's kind of the way it is. You do not wanna put off putting away money for yourself For your retirement, which these days can last 20 or 25 or 30 years, depending on your health situation.
0: Yeah, it's one that can be, um, I think, just noble. It's a noble assumption, but one that can actually lead to more problems than it helps fix. Um, And you
1: know, one other thing I've seen there, Walter, you probably have too, you can't really assume that you're going to be able to work in retirement. You might be willing, but, but you may not be able to work in retirement due to some physical or mental thing. Or you may not be hireable in retirement because in your late 60s and early 70s, mid-70s, there are, there are way more employers that will not hire you than will hire you. So don't make those kinds of assumptions about you that you'll be able to uh, work and hireable when you're retired. That just may not be the case.
0: It's a great point, as always, David. All right, one more example here. We're talking about things that you never assume in your financial life, especially in retirement. And this one is uh, an interesting one, David, and it's kind of a sad one, and it doesn't have to be this way most of the time. But yet the default for a lot of people is they assume that I'll never be able to retire. Uh, I don't know why that's the default starting position rather than the other way around, But at least it can lead to some happy conversations um, for those who are pleasantly surprised. Maybe after finally putting a plan together.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I think you hit it right on the head. Is that typically those people don't have a plan. Maybe they don't even know where to start putting together a plan. But the best time to start saving for your own retirement is in your twenties. If you didn't do that, then in your thirties. But let's say you get to your fifties, and now your kids are out of college or out of high school or wherever whatever they did to educate themselves. And all of a sudden you and and maybe a spouse are looking at each other going, well, we got another 10 or 15 years of work life. We can really pound away at saving because our expenses just went down because we don't have kids at home anymore. And so you look at your 401k, once you're over 50, you can put away 26, right now, 26 grand a year into that 401k and get a tax deduction while you're doing it. Depending on your tax bracket, you might want to look at your Roth 401k. If you happen to be self-employed, well, you can have a, a SEP, Self-Employed Pension Plan. You can put fifty eight grand a year into those types of plans. So there are a lot of different ways you can catch up once you're in your 50s and early 60s. It is not an it's all lost type of thing just because you didn't start in your 20s or 30s or even your 40s so what i'd encourage you if you're listening today and you and you don't really have you, and you kind of assume that you're not really going to retire take some time either put together a plan for yourself or get with somebody who's in that business and have them help you put together a plan to see well what could i really do before i'm 66 or 67 or maybe i work till 70 because i want to have the retirement I envision, I just don't exactly know how to get there. And a qualified professional will put together a plan where you'll I think what you'll do is once you have a plan in place, you're going to get a higher confidence level and those next 15 years are going to feel pretty satisfying because you're you're just chopping your way toward a goal that you've set that you know will result in the retirement that you've set out for yourself.
0: Absolutely. And if you happen to be in the Kansas City area and uh, like what you hear here on the show and want to get some more information from David and his great team at KC Financial Advisors, I'll give you a few ways that you can get in touch and have that conversation with David. 913-317-1414 is the number to call. Again, that's 913-317-1414, or you can go online to cover your assets. KC Dot com. Get a complete planning review, see where the gaps might be in your financial plan, and get rid of some of these assumptions. You know, a lot of us probably have some assumptions that go into our financial plans, but wouldn't we rather be making decisions based off of surety and uh, things that we can take to the bank and, and, and really lean on and know that they're not just assumptions, but some truths that we can build our financial plan on? That's what we want to create, and that's what you can create but you got to take the action to reach out and have the conversation. So again, com or you can call 913-317-1414. David, thanks for the guidance and the help on the show today. Enjoyed the conversation with you and uh, we'll be yeah, next too. time. Don't yeah, I
1: did. Don't want to assume that uh, we uh, you know helped anybody here, but hopefully <laughs> hopefully there was a, a, a piece or two in there that that was super helpful for somebody and uh we look forward to doing it again next week with you, Walter.
0: I'll say it was it's probably a safer assumption than other assumptions <laughs> we could make that somebody maybe was helped by today's show. There you go. We didn't put anybody up in front of the whiteboard and make them spell it out today. So I, right right there, we're already nicer, nicer teachers than those who came before us maybe. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you, David. We appreciate it. Dan, thank you for listening to the program today. We'll talk to you again next time on the Cover Your Assets KC Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other.